2: God's people meet together, Jesus comes to be with them.
1: Matthew 18 verse 20, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them.
3: Jesus sure makes your heart feel happy. We'll do some more singing in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing Bible story
1: from the Bible in Living Sound.
4: Is he dead, Doctor? No. What is the matter with him?
2: Stroke, I think, paralytic stroke.
4: He can't move? From
2: the neck down, no.
4: Is there, is there hope? Can he be cured?
2: No incurable
4: try to heal him make him well
2: you know as well as i do madam that our doctrine plainly states that all disease and sickness that comes as a result of sin cannot be cured good day madam
4: can't you give him something to relieve the pain
2: good day madam
4: can you you hear me son yes mother can you move try harder try opening your eyes Mm. You did? Try opening your mouth. You can. Now, move your hand. The doctor was right. Doctor? I called a physician. He he said you were paralyzed.
2: Paralyzed?
4: From the neck down.
2: Well, is there, is there hope of a cure?
4: He said not. But don't worry, my son. There are other physicians. We'll call them all. Surely one can cure you.
2: Paralysis is the result of sin. There is no I'm cure. sorry, madam. There is no cure. There is no cure for the results of I'm sin. I'm sorry,
0: but there is no cure. Sin is a terrible I'm sorry, pain. i no cure.
2: No use, mother. There is no cure. And it is because of my great sins. No,
4: no, no, my son. You were never that sinful. Oh,
2: yes, I was, Mother, unbeknown to you. I'm sorry now, but it is too late for remorse. It only makes my suffering the more bitter.
4: I, I'm going to call in the Pharisees, appeal to them. Perhaps they can relieve your mental suffering, if not physical.
2: Do as you wish, Mother, but it will avail nothing. They will only do as the physicians did, pronounce me incurable and abandon me to the wrath of God. I told you so, Mother. The Pharisees regard affliction as the result of divine displeasure, and they hold themselves aloof from the sick and needy. They think themselves above helping a sinner such as I. And I guess they are.
4: Who wishes to see you? A friend? In fact, there are two of them. we'll show them in. They're right outside. He'll see you. Come in. Oh,
2: good day, Greetings. this oh, is guys. a good Feeling day. Better, you know. I hope. Oh, it's not a good day, and I'm not well. We're just trying to cheer you, make you feel better. Well, don't try. I only feel worse as I sink lower and lower into despair. We bring a ray of hope. <laughs> hope? <laughs> Truly, there is hope. A man from Nazareth called Jesus has been healing many people, the blind, the lame, even those with leprosy. Yes. Yes, I've been hearing about him. Why don't you go to him? It's surely worth a try. Go to him? Me? (laughs) (laughs) We'll carry you, four of us. We've agreed to. It is worth a try, you know. Please, and go outside. Uh, Let me think it over alone. I'll call you back when I've made up my mind. We'll be waiting. Surely. From all I've heard, Jesus could cure me. They say he has healed others as sinful as I, even lepers. But he is the pure, sinless physician. He would not tolerate me in his presence as sinful as I have been. But I, I am more desirous of having my sins forgiven than I am of walking again. Oh, if I could just see him and receive the assurance of forgiveness and peace in heaven, I could be content to live and or die as God sees fit. Oh, there's no time to lose. I must go to him at once. Come in. I've made up my mind. You've decided you us take you. Where is Jesus of Nazareth now? Right here in Capernaum, at the home of his disciples, Simon and Andrew. Will you carry me there at once? We will, on your bed. Two others are waiting outside to help I- I'll get them. Mother, uh, how long will it take to carry me there? Not very long. Yes, my son? Fix my bed. Prepare me for a short journey. I will go to see Jesus.
4: Yes, my son. There
2: we are. In no time at all, you'll be before the Master. You will be healed. Jesus. You will be, I'm sure. <laughs> It's no use. We couldn't get you and your bed near the door, much less inside where Jesus is. But I must see him. I must have my sins forgiven. I'm sorry, but it is impossible. Unless you wait here until he comes out. No. No, I must seek Jesus and be assured of forgiveness now. And where? Uh, the roof. The tile. Can it be removed? I, I think so. Try it, please. Then lower me through a hole to the side of Jesus. The hole in the roof was completed, and the friends of the paralytic let him down to the feet of Jesus. The discourse was interrupted. The disciples, sitting around Jesus, and a company of Pharisees and doctors of law directly beyond, all looked upon the scene, wondering what Jesus would do. The Pharisees vividly recalled how this very man had appealed to them for help, and they had given no hope or sympathy. Now, watching Jesus, they felt a terrible fear of losing their own influence over the people. The Savior looked upon the mournful countenance and saw the pleading eyes of the paralytic fixed upon him. He understood the case.
5: Son, be of good cheer. Thy sins be forgiven thee. I say unto thee, Arise, and take up thy couch, and go unto thine house.
1: We'll continue the Bible story tomorrow. And if you would like to add these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible in Living Sound at one 800 That's 1-800-634-0234. Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye.
5: Under a bushel, no, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna let it shine. Under a bushel, no, I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Blow, 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 never let it blow, blow, blow it out. Don't blow, let Satan blow, blow. blow it out, it blow, I'm gonna let it, blow, it shine. Blow, blow, shine 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 I'm gonna let it shine let it shine let it shine let it shine till jesus comes I'm gonna let it shine let it shine till jesus comes I'm gonna let it shine let it shine let it shine let it shine 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 let it shine I'm gonna let it shine let it shine 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 let it shine Shine, shine, shine. Let it shine. let it shine. let it shine, 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 Let it shine. shine. shine, 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 shine,
6: shine, shine.
3: Welcome to Live with Sam. I'm Sam talking today with Abram, the smartest boy in our school. He gets an A in everything. That's not exactly accurate. I got a B plus once. Really? In what? I don't want to talk about it. The pain is still too fresh. Okay, let's talk about health. I noticed that you do a lot of walking and jogging and bicycle riding. May I ask why? When you have a brain like mine, you've got to keep it in perfect working order. That requires a combination of good food, sound sleep, mental stimulation, and daily exercise. So, to be smart, you have to be healthy? Precisely. So, what do you do to take care of your brain? I'm glad you asked that question, Sam. First, I care for my body with nutritious meals centered on a whole-food, plant-based diet. I refrain from imbibing sugary snacks and highly refined packaged edibles. Next, I stimulate my brain by reading the great words of skilled authors and listening to classical and cultural music selections from around the world. And finally, I succumb to a daily regimen of physical activity that requires a certain degree of exertion. I also floss. Well, it sounds like you're very serious about your health. Absolutely. To do otherwise would be, if I may use a grossly overused adjective, totally dumb. Thank you, Abram, the smartest boy in school. I'm Sam with Live with Sam. Goodbye.
5: God has given us everything we need to be healthy inside and out. During Creation Week, he established a health plan for every creature on earth. To learn more about healthy living and about the God who created us all, go to kidsbibleinfo.com. That's kidsbibleinfo.com. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists.
7: Boys and girls, this is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Philippians 4:6. Mother, what are you waiting for? By Yvonne Davy. Mother, what are you waiting for? asked the two girls. Yes, what was she waiting for? Did she expect to see a shining angel with folded wings, such as one sees in pictures? Or did she think someone might suddenly appear, someone with a strong, noble face and a kind smile? Mrs. Wood wasn't quite sure. The Wood family lived in Kitwe, one of the largest copper-mining towns in Zambia, formerly northern Rhodesia, Africa. Mr. Wood had lost his job when he had accepted the Sabbath truth, but the family had not faltered in their determination to follow Jesus. Before long, Mr. Wood had decided to become a literature evangelist so that he could support his wife and three girls, as well as lead people to Jesus and hasten the day when his beloved master would return. This Sunday afternoon, the Wood family had spent the day visiting Granny Becker, a dear friend. The two older girls, Heather and Moira, loved Granny Becker's home. Since they lived in a city apartment, they appreciated a big yard where they could play. Interesting flowers peeped at them from unexpected nooks in the garden. A gnarled old tree simply begged to be climbed, and of course there were a hundred interesting things to see inside the house. While the children were thoroughly enjoying themselves, their parents had an equally good time studying the Bible with Granny Becker. At last, Mr. Wood decided they had better start for home, for home was more than 30 miles away and little Sheila's eyes were already heavy with sleep. They waved goodbye to Granny Becker and the steady purring of the engine lulled the girls to dreamland. For once, even Moira and Heather lapsed into silence. It was 7.30 before they reached the tall red block of apartments that was home to them. Father took the sleeping baby and mother gently woke the older girls. Heather yawned, "'I'm so tired I could crawl into a hole and fall asleep.' "'Me too,' Moira agreed wearily. "'Without even a bite of supper?' father teased. "'Mother will have a bowl of soup fixed in no time.' "'That would taste great.' "'The girls brightened up considerably at the thought of their mother's good food. "'Up, up, up they climbed to the fourth story in the building, for there were no elevators. "'Sheila grew heavier with each upward step.' At last, the family stood outside their own door. Father felt in a trouser pocket with his left hand. Then he shifted his little girl and felt in another pocket. "'Did you lock the door?' he asked Mother. "'No, dear. You were the last one out,' Mother replied. "'Yes, but I don't have the key, so you must have locked it. Look inside your handbag.' Mother opened her bag and searched carefully through everything, but the key was not there." Maybe I dropped it when I bought gas in chingola. Taking out change, Father said. Here, you take Sheila and let me take everything out of my pockets. The key may have slipped behind something. Father handed the sleeping baby to Mother. Rather frantically, he hunted once more, but the key was not there. Some people can open doors with a pocket knife, Father said, opening up his. Unfortunately, he wasn't one of those lock openers. "'I know what I'll do. I'll run downstairs to Mr. Belligan. He may know what to do.' Father turned and hurried back down the passage to the stairway. "'Mother, I'm tired,' Heather mumbled. She was so weary that her face was taking on an ashen hue. Mother was worried. She certainly didn't want one of the girls to get sick. Moira bent down, wiggled the knob, and twisted it. She pulled and pushed, but the door would not open.' "'Why can't we ask Jesus to help us?' Moira asked. "'Well,' Mother hesitated. "'A locked door seemed so trivial. "'Mother, you taught us in our Sabbath school lesson the other day "'that if we want something, we must ask Jesus for it,' Heather said. "'Let's pray right now.' "'Mother and her two girls, for baby Sheila was still fast asleep, "'bowed their heads. "'Mother prayed, Heather prayed, and then Moira prayed. "'Moira added her own little bit to the end.' Dear Jesus, please open the door for us. We're so tired, and besides, we have to go to school tomorrow, and if we have to sleep out here in the hall, we won't be able to get up in the morning. All was quiet as Moira's voice died away. Mother shifted Sheila to her other arm. Mother, what are you waiting for? asked the girls. Well, Mother really didn't know what she was waiting for. We've prayed. Don't you believe Jesus can help us? Heather said. Oh, no, not that, only mother was afraid to say what she thought. If she tried the door and it didn't open, would that destroy the children's confidence in God? My father, honor the faith of Heather and Moira, she prayed silently as she put her hand on the knob. One little turn, and the door swung open. Jesus did it! Jesus did it! I knew he could! I knew he would! Moira sang out exultantly as they stepped into their home and switched on the light. And he didn't need to send an angel or even another person this time. I guess it was like the way he opened the doors of the prison long ago, Heather said. When Father and Mr. Belligan arrived with a bunch of keys, they found Mother busy preparing supper and the girls setting the table. But, but how, Father began. So you found the key in your handbag after all, Mr. Belligan laughed. Find the key? No, Mother didn't find the key. We didn't need a key. Jesus opened the door because we prayed. The girls interrupted each other in their excitement. Mr. Belligan smiled indulgently, but it was obvious that he didn't believe. The girls are telling the truth, Mother remarked. We continued to try to open the door after you left us, Father, but our efforts were in vain. So Moira suggested we ask Jesus to help us, and we're in. I just don't understand that. Don't understand that, Mr. Belligan muttered more to himself than to the family around him as he shook his head slowly. He retraced his steps slowly, meditating on the power of prayer, and Moira and Heather said a very fervent blessing as they tackled their bowls of hot soup. The story you have heard today is from God's Greatest Stories written by various authors and compiled by Randy Fishel and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955.